Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. And a happy Friday to you, sir. Happy Friday to you. Guess what? What's that? Happy 200th episode to you. Hey, 200th episode? For this season. For this season. Yeah, this season. 200 episodes right now in about 13 and a half minutes in the can. In the can. It'll be fantastic. That's exciting. Well, and we're so glad that you have joined us today for Text Talk. Yes. For this 200th episode. And of course, it's Friday on Text Talk, which is always a good Friday. Always a good Friday on Text Talk because we always find Jesus in the Bible. And we're always excited about the weekend. And we always want to invite anyone who's listening, if you're in the Tampa area this Sunday, come out and worship with us at Livingston. All of the information that you'll need to make that happen is at our website, www.christiansmeethere.org. Let me tell you something else I'm excited about. We're going to have a special teaching effort starting this Sunday night at 5 o'clock, our vacation Bible school effort. And that'll be next Monday through Wednesday as well. Monday through Wednesday, 10 a.m. That's right, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. You get done listening to Text Talk, and you come on over for some more good Bible teaching. Yeah, absolutely. We will have an adult class in each Mm -hmm. one of those. We have classes for the kids from... Two years old through eighth grade. There we go. Two years old through eighth grade. And then then the auditorium adult class for everyone else. That's right. All the teenagers above eighth grade can come in there also. That's exactly right. Some for the whole family. Yeah, very good. So, hey, we'd love to see you guys. Let's go ahead and read the end of Hebrews chapter 6 again. I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version, starting in verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So, when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. It's great how he gets back to the order of Melchizedek, which as we've been seeing in our in our readings in recent episodes, he's wanting to teach about and to explain about, uh, taking a bit of a detour there by warning them about falling away from the Lord and becoming sluggish. They need to um, grow beyond elementary principles and get the meat of the word and all these sorts of things. I think this chapter is masterful because the Hebrew author seems like he's taking a detour. He gets you right up to mentioning the order of Melchizedek and then says, I'd really like to talk about this, but I can't because you guys have not been paying attention. You've been lazy students and y'all aren't going to understand a thing I'm about to say. And so he's, he's rebuking them and then he moves into some of this talk about maturity and how they need to mature. And then he gives an example of maturity as he talks about the instead of being sluggish, I need you to be earnest. I yeah. need you to pursue faith and patience. Like and an Abraham. At the promises like Abraham mm-hmm. and starts talking about Abraham, which then allows him to get right back to Melchizedek yeah. and move into the section that he was starting in the last chapter. It's, I mean, this is just masterful bit of... Closing the loop is what yes, he does. Absolutely. He, from Melchizedek back around to Melchizedek. It's so great. It's so great. Now, one of the things that I like about this paragraph that you read is, is to teach us about God. 
and the goodness and surety of God. Um, he says that there's two things here present that speak to the surety of God and God's promises. Um, one of them I, I think I'm picking up on is this business of an oath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think the two things are, one, he can't lie, two, he gave an oath. Okay, so there's our two. That, that's what I think the two are, though some yeah. people disagree. Is that is that what you've seen well, as the two? Those are the two that I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those are the two that I see. He can't lie, and even though he can't lie, he gave an oath. He gave an oath. He gave an oath, and so now we can trust it. It is a sure and steadfast hope, an anchor for the soul, because God's word always does what it says. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's... Uh, that's something so important to pick up about the Word of God. Chapter 4, it was living, right? Sharper than any two-edged sword. And now here, let's appreciate this. He never lies. Right. And what a juxtaposition of the true and living God over and against the different pagan deities with the jokes that they like to play on each other and mm-hmm. all the intrigue and all the mythologies and mm-hmm. such. The true and living God is not like that. He never lies. But notice who who has this hope. Notice who it is that... Uh, takes this oath and this fact that God can't lie and uh, is is anchored by it, I guess mm-hmm. is the way I want to say that. Notice in verse 18, so that by two unchangeable things, yours said immutable, by yes. two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope. Who has Who has the strong encouragement? We who have fled, fled. for refuge. Mm-hmm. I want to dig into that picture for just a moment. Yeah, that sounds rich. It's, it's a word picture that I think a lot of folks today would miss. Mm-hmm. But these Hebrew Christians, there was something that Hebrews knew about fleeing for refuge. Does that does that bring anything up for you in your mind when you hear that? Well, honestly, my first association with refuge, and I think I get this mental picture of a terrible storm of crashing ocean, but there is this rock of refuge, right, protecting me from the storm. Sure. But that's probably not the one you're thinking of. It is not. It is (laughs) not. So when, when you take, when you consider the Old Testament... And pictures of fleeing for refuge. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in your ancient Hebrew Christian shoes. You've been brought up on the law. You've been brought up on the histories. Mm -hmm. You're remembering when the land promise was fulfilled. Sure. They inherited the land promise. Yes. And then it started being divided up, Mm -hmm. and cities started being set aside for the Levites. And then there was a very special city among those. Do you remember what that was? It was called the City of Refuge. It was the City of Refuge. Okay, so now that I've gotten you to read my mind and get there... Do you remember what the whole deal was with cities? So the of whole refuge? deal of the city of refuge was, of course, the Israelites they did. Excuse me, the Levites did not have a whole plot of land. They are dispersed within the different plots of lands in these cities. And the purpose of the city of refuge was basically so that a person could get a trial when then there has been a terrible crime or tragedy. The example would be that uh, someone has accidentally killed another person. Okay, maybe they're cutting down a tree and their axe head flies off, strikes another man, and it kills the other man. Now, someone has died. Blood has been shed. The family of the victim has the right to get an eye for an eye. That is, go take this man's life for killing their loved one. But it wasn't murder. He didn't intend to kill that fellow. And so he could travel, and he needed to travel as quick as he could, to the city of refuge. In fact, we might not call it traveling. What might we call it? I mean, run. (laughs) 
flee. Flee. Yeah, flee. flee for refuge. For refuge. Okay. Run for refuge. Flee for refuge. That's that good Hebrews language. So they get to the city of refuge, and there will be the Levites, and there will be judges to hear the situation. And if it is determined this was not murder, it was manslaughter, it was an accident, this fellow could live in the city of refuge and not die, not suffer at the hands of an avenger, um, and, and basically uh, live there in safety. However, if he left the refuge, if he decided he was going to go home or take a vacation or whatever, he was fair game for the avenger yeah. uh, of that family. His life was taken in his own hands. He needed to flee to the city of refuge and remain in the city of refuge. How long did he have to remain? Do you remember when he was actually allowed to get out? It was tied to the death of a high priest, as yeah, I recall. if the high priest died. So we learn all this in Numbers chapter 35. You can go back and read that there to to, to find out that Andrew didn't just make all that up. That really is but what the Scripture said. Pretty good. Yeah, no, you got it right. Oh, okay, you got all, right, it right. all right. You got it right. Okay. I just I think folks today would, would find that that's peculiar. It's odd. So Well, but you're working in a society that doesn't have a police force per se. Right. And so how how would you negotiate these kinds of issues? Yeah. So right? here's, and so here's, the, the Levites and the city of refuge helped that. So the long and short of it, after going through all that, is if they fled for refuge. Here's the thing. We have fled to Jesus. We flee to Jesus mm-hmm. for refuge. And that's the thing that we find here in Hebrews chapter 6. Who is able to have this strong encouragement to hang on to our hope, to hold fast to the hope? We who have fled for refuge mm-hmm. might have strong encouragement. We have fled to God. We have we have fled to Jesus for refuge. We understand that the avenger that we're sinners, right? Okay, Rightly not murder so. necessarily, but maybe for some. And we can flee to Jesus for refuge. And having fled to Jesus, having come to the city of refuge, we must not leave it. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, in the context of the book of Hebrews, what is our author concerned about? He's worried about drifting away. He is worried about folks leaving their refuge. Yeah. So he says, hang on to your hope. Look, this this refuge is your Hope. In Psalm 143 and verse 9, it talks about fleeing to God for refuge. And it's it's bringing up that same city of refuge imagery, but it's mm-hmm. talking about God is the refuge. We have that exact same idea here. God is our refuge. He's saying, look, you've come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You recognize, again, these are Christians. These are not people he's trying to convince to become Christians. Correct. These are people who were once and convicted, that's to remember. That's who right. recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. They believed it. They fled to him for refuge so that the avenger of blood Mm -hmm. would not strike them down. And now what he's saying is stay here. Now there's a fascinating twist on this picture because in the cities of refuge, when the high priest died, that was when they were allowed to leave the city of refuge. Here, our city of refuge is the high priest. Mm -hmm. And we can come to this city of refuge because our high priest has died. And so it's a a little bit of a twist on that familiar picture, but it's still that idea. We have a high priest who has died. Because he has died, we can take refuge in him. And by the way, in his city, in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to hear about the city of God, the city of Jesus Christ, where our hope is, the heavenly Jerusalem, Mount Zion, the church of the firstborn. That's what what we're going to see with all of those pictures there in Hebrews 12. So we can be in the city and he's saying, hang on to this. Do not leave your refuge. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do not leave your refuge. Well, and when you talk about the the anchor, right, that is something that you hold on to when there's storms. That is something really 
purposeful though to keep the ship from drifting away mm. how do you keep the ship where it's supposed to be you drop anchor you drop anchor and he says you've got an anchor for your soul yeah hold on to that and he's a forerunner i'm sure we're going to come up talk about this more next week when we talk about Jesus as the priest according to the order of Melchizedek. But I love this imagery. He is the forerunner into the holy place. What does that mean is our destiny? Yeah, that means we're headed to the holy place, right? He's going before us. He's gone ahead of us, uh-huh, and he uh-huh. he dwells there. He doesn't go in and out like the Old Testament priest that went sure. in once a year. He is there, and that's our anchor. He is our refuge. Hang on to him because he is in the holy place in the presence of God, and if we hang on to him, that's where we're going that's to be. That's where we're going. If we maintain our refuge, if we keep him as our anchor, mm-hmm. if we if we hang on to that steadfast hope, do not flee the city of refuge. Flee to it. Flee to the refuge. And then we can maintain our hope. Amen. Well, we're so glad that you joined us for Text Talk today. I want to encourage you in this word and hope that you have a, a good and safe uh, weekend honoring the Lord each day. We'd love to hear from you what you're learning from the word. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, or jump over to the Facebook discussion and see what's going on in that place. We're going to uh, close out with a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. You are so good to us. You bless us in so many ways. And we are reminded, Father, of your steadfastness. Lord, you've never lied, and we can trust you. And so, Father, we pray that we would, that with our lives, with our souls, that we would trust you, commit everything to you and to your way, commit everything to Christ, and hold on to him. Father, we know that in our life there are things that uh, toss us to and fro, I mean, they trouble us and they discourage us. They want to drive us away. There's always a danger of drifting away. Father, we need the anchor. We need the hope. Help us, Father, to hang on another day for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.